everyone, and welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. It's time to go back in time. Back in time. Chapter by chapter reread. Yeah. Just like the old days that everybody misses. Let's think about that the other day. It's like, how did we manage to squeeze like an hour out of one chapter of a book? We analyzed every word. We actually were detail guys back then. Yep, de- yep the detail guys. It, it's not even a joke. It was a reality at one point. Now, I don't and know how many of those details. Yeah, I don't know how many of those details we actually got right, but, you know, there you go. Nor if they were important details or not. No, probably not. (laughs) Well, folks, back again this week, we have, um, what are we at? uh, Episode 14 of The Bad Batch, War Mantle. War Mantle. And then we are also going to go back into the New Jedi Order with the Edge of Victory, number one, Conquest. All about little Annie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and this, you know, it's been a few months, right, since we've done a, a New Jedi Order April book. was our last one, yeah. And, yeah, and it, this is about when, for me, the series starts to open up a little bit. So, yeah, probably strap in for a long, long episode, I guess. And it only took two and a half years <laughs> to get to the yeah. good part. Well, yeah, we, we started off very slow in the, in the beginning. And then we got uh, distracted. Well, true. We, like we certainly squirrel. did. Yeah, we certainly did by all the other events. But, uh, but yeah, I, I guess knowing that we're going to have a long episode, how was your week? Not too bad. Got to go to the local fair this week. Spend an absorbent amount of money on fried vegetables. Ew. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That was. That has has now come and went, right? Or is it still technically going? They on might still be doing today. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I used to enter uh, photographs that I took into the fair. I actually won some some ribbons for those. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was grand champion one year out of all of the stuff. I mean, everything. One of my photos of. Uh, Koi, koi fish. I think that's not nerdy at all. Well, it was, just, it was like a photo I took <laughs> at the zoo. I didn't even think it was yeah. all that great, but I remember entering it, and everybody just like, "Oh, look at the fish!" It's like, like you're you're literally saying that this is better than this painting that someone did. <laughs> and literally, I mean, that's kind of what happened. It was the weirdest thing. I think I think uh, I can't remember. I think I actually might have entered that after that into the Ohio State Fair, but I don't remember. Oh, really? Did you win that one as well? No, uh, no, I probably would have remembered winning. I actually don't even know. I might not have done that. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But um, yeah, the the I haven't been to a fair in general in a very long time, let alone that particular fair. And really, even when I lived in in that town, uh, now People it's we're gonna been... start cross references which fairs were open this <laughs> week and figure out where I live. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> Um, it's, it's been over 10 years, but, um, it's probably been over 10 years since I've way over 10 years since I went to the fair. But the only thing I ever went to was, um, like three stands, uh, French fries, because those are good fried cheese that looks like a corn dog. 
And then, yeah. and then, Porquette. uh, Porkette sandwich. Yeah. Couldn't find two of those three. Really? No fried cheese on a stick. No Porkette. Wow. Well, the, yeah, the, the Porkette stand was always right next to the, uh, to the soda stand that was ran by like, wh- uh, like a 4 H or like a mm-hmm. whatever group. So that's where I'd buy my sugary sodas as well. Yeah. No. Interesting. I imagine you'd be shocked by the prices now if you haven't gone for 10 years. I, I probably wouldn't. It was expensive then. I'm sure it's way more expensive now. Was it $8 for a lemonade back then? Uh, no, <laughs> I, probably not. I mean, that's probably increased, but I mean, it was definitely expensive. But it was yeah. fresh squeezed. We squeeze them sure. for you with our hands. Well, let me tell you. One, you. Two. When you're eating that much fried food, it really doesn't matter what the taste is like. It goes quick. <laughs> well, they were always mostly ice. Quickly. Yeah. And then it just waters it down and you get like, it's like a, a poorly made iced coffee. You get one really good sip and then the rest of it tastes like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't but. have been my first choice. No. <laughs> no. But I did get some fried green tomatoes, which was awesome. Oh, really? Interesting. They're actually pretty close to grandma's. I don't, I don't remember. Did you like her fried green tomatoes, or was that one of the ones you didn't like? No, I, I, I did. It was about the only way I would eat tomatoes, because yeah. I, I was never a big tomato fan. I mean, like, tomato sauce, okay, great. You know, mm-hmm. fried green tomatoes, great, but I never wanted a tomato on a sandwich. I still don't. I still don't understand why I, we put a slice of tomato on a sandwich. Well, what about ketchup? Well, ketchup is not... A solid tomato. I mean, come on. Ketchup doesn't make your sandwich fall apart. <laughs> just never un- will make your sandwich fall apart. Yeah, just <laughs> never understood. It. Not not a big tomato, just general tomato eater. But yeah, fried green tomatoes are good. That's a different thing. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's good spending all your money at the fair. That's fun. Oh yeah, it was like a whole did paycheck. You, did you go to see it. like the the derby or the yeah. monster trucks or whatever the heck they're doing? No, we actually did do the derby for, for Colin. He was thoroughly impressed by that. Yeah, I think little kids then, generally are. Then we turned around and we ordered tickets for Monster Jam in, uh, nationwide. Ah, know, so gotcha. We're just going to go overboard with that kind of stuff for a few weeks, apparently. <laughs> yeah, bring your uh, ear, yeah. ear protection. I'll just bring these. Death, wrap yeah. up the cord. Oh, <laughs> no, I think I'd rather just spend the $50 for a pair there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I've ever went to see monster trucks. I haven't either. That was never something that our parents really, I don't think they ever even asked, like, hey, would you want to go see that? But why would no. they assume we would, you know? No. I don't really know how entertaining that would honestly be. It's kind of like NASCAR. Yeah. Is it really be fun to do? I mean, it'd be fun to do, but mm, maybe it's like watching golf. We're yeah. gonna offend everybody now. Everyone who's into NASCAR and golf and also Star Wars, we just pissed them <laughs> off. It's fine. I don't care. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah. Well, that's cool then. Not not a bad uh, not a bad way. You know, obviously doing. Summer activities is always is always fun. As um, little as possible with this heat, I've been trying ye- to stay inside. <laughs> sure, yeah, it, ha- it has been pretty pretty warm. Uh, that much is is for sure. It should be cooling off a little bit this week, though. 
or at least you yeah. know a little bit more mild. So there you go. Good time to start planning our hikes if we ever get to do it this year. Yeah, I mean we, we won't. Yeah, <laughs> we will. I'm I'm sure we'll we'll get out there. But yeah, no, just, at least for me, just it was kind of another another pretty standard week for the most part. Tried out a new brewery uh, yesterday, so that was fun. Had a had a couple of new new brews from there, so that was good. But, uh, but yeah, realistically, aside from that, not much going on, at least on my front. I'm gonna spend probably the rest of today uh, twiddling with my guitars. I finally decided that I really hate four-way switches on Telecasters, so I'm gonna <laughs> replace it today and replace all the strings and all that stuff. So that'll take a little bit of time. That'll be fun. Good times. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, uh, not really much news-wise. There was um, there was one uh, convention that shut down. I guess Ewan McGregor uh, w- was actually supposed to be at, I think it was something in Texas. I can't remember. I don't even really care to look it up, to be honest with you. Not like I'm in front <laughs> of a computer. But, um, <clears throat> well, no, the, the thing is, is that uh, obviously with everything going on, it looks like there are some cancellations starting to crop up again, which, you know, unfortunately is uh, not good. Definitely a couple more lockish, downish things and some other countries and so forth. So that's not all that good. You know, Disney's getting sued by Scarlett Johansson and, you know, <clears throat> the end of times are, are coming, you know. <laughs> if I say that's kind of cool, do we lose our Disney checks? I think we've already <laughs> lost our Disney checks Probably. long time ago. Yeah, it, it, well, it's, it, it, you know, we were talking about it beforehand, but this whole, like, what are they calling it? Like, Premier Access? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Which, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people talk about nobody wants to, like, watch a movie in a movie theater. It's like, well, I'm, sh- I'm sure that there are people <laughs> who don't. But I also don't want to pay 30 and $40 for a movie that's going to wind up being free after a few months on your streaming service. Yeah, you if know? you're going to spend that kind of money, I'd much rather have the theater experience <laughs> because you just can't beat that, no, that sound, that picture quality. It's just, sure. well, it I, makes I, every movie you've seen ten times better or worse, depending on the movie. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, uh, again, I, I get why some people don't want to go to theaters or maybe they didn't even before pandemic times but like i i don't know i I think it's the money aspect for me but i mean apparently with the whole scarlett johansson thing you know she's she's saying that disney breached her contract by putting the movie up for this premiere access thing when it was only supposed to be in theaters thus potentially taking money out of their pot i don't know if it was just her or the her and the other actors pockets or whatever but i you know i i don't know i if it's true it's a huge implication i mean (laughs) well it could be because every every movie right now is has been uh we were the the rock movie the jungle cruise is that what i said it was i mean that's like up there right now Mulan and yeah cruella cruella deville that Mm -hmm. emma stone movie there was that uh dragon one i can't think of the name of that now that was the only one that i actually spent Forty, forty dollars on, not even thirty. Forty. I just, I d- just don't get it. I mean, I, I know that people do a lot of pay per views. Like back in the day, me and my friends would split 
whatever it was to get the the high quality pay per view of like UFC events and whatever. But I, that, that's a different thing. That's just a yeah. different thing. That's um, again, it's an event. You'd have a ton of people over and make a party over it. This is just watching a movie. <laughs> yeah. So and I the pricing I, is about the same. <laughs> Well, the thing is, is that if you actually go to buy the movie when it comes out, it will be less than forty dollars or thirty dollars, right? And even you know Blu-ray or whatever, it's it's not that expensive to buy actually buy the movie, and you're only buying access for a little while. You're not you're not buying a copy of the movie, right? You're just buying the access or unlocking or unlocking like a special. Yeah, I think they could have done something better with that had they called it The Vault and had it be a premium subscription service on top of the monthly and then just have a few bigger movies in that. I think that that's stupid, personally. But Well, I'm just saying, like, charge an extra dollar or two. Don't charge $40 for something that's... I mean, you're literally throwing money away doing that. Well, I... I, I just, I, and I know that it was in response to the pandemic, so it wasn't like we can cook this into the 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 cost of the actual subscription because it's it's a new thing. But like you know, th- there have been so many movie services and everything. And again, it is a premiere access, so it's not like a couple months down the road. I get it, but like you know, how many? services have come and went where you buy a movie or you rent a movie Mm -hmm. even from amazon if you want to rent a movie it's like 2.99 most of the time 2.499 whatever yeah you know to rent it for a set period of time it's not 40 dollars, and i don't care if it's release date or not i mean it, it just it it doesn't make any sense to me to pay that much if i'm paying that much for a movie not only better i had i had i better own a copy of it, but it better be in an awesome like titanium case with a little figure or some kind of like map of that world or yeah, something some special cool. special <laughs> edition thing. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It just baffles me a little bit the the whole model, and um, we'll kind of see how that pans out because apparently there are a couple of other folks that might get involved um, in that you know, sort of lawsuit action. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if um, if anything will come from it, but they've both taken their shots because Disney's not blameless. I mean, they, they took a shot too, kind of trying to accuse her of being kind of COVID insensitive. Um, and Which I don't her. feel like that had anything to do with her statement. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you could... You could point to like, oh, he's being greedy. And it's like, well, if it if it was in the contract, you have it's to buy by the contract. Contract has nothing to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if anything pans you know pans out for that. But yeah. Anyway, not really Star Wars news. That's that feels more like Twitter beefs. So <laughs> let's just get into the bad batch now. All right, so episode fourteen. Yeah, it's actually going to be a good episode because not only do we get a really good episode of Bad Batch, but also obviously we set it already. New Jedi Order gets good, so I'm well, pretty excited. Yeah, we've kind of had some meh 
episodes lately, and by that I mean we've just had some topics that we haven't all been all that all that crazy about. Um, but yeah, so Bad Batch War Mantle, we have um, again kind of a rescue mission, sort of. Yeah, um, and we have a, we have a clone trooper that we're rescuing at this point, uh, Gregor, mm-hmm. who Old friend of Rex. Yeah, and uh, I I didn't really pick up on this guy, like, at all. But he was one of the older clones with Rex in the episode of Rebels when, when you know, the Kanan and, and um, Ezra go out to find Rex, so... I thought that was kind of an interesting callback, I suppose. Now, apparently, Gregor was also in an episode in Clone Wars where he was, like, blown up, but he survived because nobody can be blown up in any source of media, which is always kind of stupid. Yeah, and he turned out in way better shape than Echo after being blown up. (laughs) Right, right. Although, did that mess with his speech? Do you think that maybe is what caused it? Don't know because I don't remember the character. Um, I don't remember the character from Clone Wars. I just I don't mm-hmm. remember it. But you know, I know you had said you you didn't like the voice. I guess well, I just kind of noted it was a bit. It's just a little annoying to me, honestly, as a character defect. But then you had mentioned how it was so, I don't know how to put it, just it, it was much more obvious in the Rebels episode. Like he was kind of losing his mind a bit and his voice was cracking a lot more, so. Right, yeah, it, it was definitely, you know, a different different voice for sure. Um, but anyway, he's running from... Yeah, basically the the Empire dogs, (laughs) and uh, Rex gets in contact with the Bad Batch, essentially asking them for help and to follow a beacon. Now, the interesting thing here with Rex is is that we kind of have him possibly in some trouble himself. You know, he's sort of hooded and cloaked and everything. Yeah, and uh, then he sort of has to run away. So maybe we'll get more of what his trouble is kind of uh, in the maybe next episode, possibly. Yeah, um, we're getting close to the finale, so I'm sure it'll be something major. Right. Well, we're, we're definitely building up to, you know, the Empire's dismissal of the clone army, it looks like. So anyway, our, our bad batch here does agree to go after this this clone trooper, which, you know, they're kind of reluctant to do. Uh, They're on Mm -hmm. a job for Sid. But they wind up, you know, going about it. And again, uh, listening to uh, their leader, Omega. Yeah, (laughs) sort of. Now, we do get um, some flashes here to Camino as well, which I, I think I think is interesting. And again, you know, you kind of played the games where we had sort of the more conflict on Camino, but 
with our with our admiral here in Crosshair, it, it's being made very, very clear that you know the Kaminoans have their usefulness is up, and uh, you know it's like well they're totally going to be eliminated. That's that's right. the vibe. Yeah, they're not going to allow them to continue to build an army that isn't for the Empire. Right, and and we also see that they are still producing clones because we have some little little Jangos here, younglings. You know? So, yeah, some younglings. <laughs> and uh, the prime minister is, is kind of telling, telling his folks, it's like, well, I'm going to try and, like, get you out of here, you know, because yeah. they realize that they've kind of boxed themselves into a corner and that uh, their usefulness is at an end. Uh, flashing back to the Bad Batch coming to our planet Daro, which is a new planet, which I find mm-hmm. kind of weird. But new planet, and uh, Hunter actually gets to use his tracking skills, sort of. Yeah, for the first time since pre-Bad Batch. (laughs) This stick smells like something. They went this way. (laughs) It's just just what, I I still just don't get what his, I, I just don't get it. Could you imagine if the rest of the Bad Batch used their skills? Once no. per season, like he did. Yeah. <laughs> they I just all be dead. <laughs> I sense this mountain is more than just a mountain. Yeah, you're totally right. They're blocking my scanners. <laughs> Good job. We also, we also got a little bit more time with Echo and his little hacky arm. Well, like you know... He used that like 20 times in this episode, it seems Yeah, like. well, they definitely seem to be certainly highlighting Echo more, and he also is definitely the pilot. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of odd. Yeah. I mean, it... He wasn't at first, and don't really see how that fits his credentials. Seemed like a tech job, but... Well, I mean, eh. knowing tech, you know, he would know about a shuttle, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It just... Cause, because even later in the episode, he, he, he becomes the pilot again. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess he's just the pilot. Why, why can't Hunter be the pilot? Wouldn't that make more sense that you're... Supposed your leader you know, leader can also pilot, and he doesn't really, does he? Hunter really does nothing on the ship. I just don't. Seems like <laughs> he's just the last decision maker, I guess. Um. Anyway, get, they kind of expounded on that a little bit on this episode. They had a little moment where they're like going back and forth on whether or not to save him. Records just like, oh, I see your point. Oh, I see your point. What do you think? Yeah. Omega overriding everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I totally think we should do this. Oh, do you? Okay, let's go with Omega. All right. <laughs> it's almost like they're setting it up for Hunter to die and Omega just take over as leader. Wouldn't that be, like, super awkward, but it almost feels like it could happen? Maybe. I don't know. I just, you know, again, it's like... There's still really not much to interest me about Omega yet. Because, I mean, yeah. what, anyway, if she's just a clone, then what? I, I, I don't get it. I don't get what the super secret is yet. Yeah. So, anyway, just to move the story, uh, the Bad Batch do find Gregor, and they release him. Um, and unfortunately, Tech, you know, sort of with his uh, hacking... Uh, tries to use clone codes 
can't use clone codes in this facility because we we fight, figure out that these are TK units, and this is this is the Empire's replacement for the clone troopers, and they're they're just going with with conscripts, like obviously we know happened. Didn't that seem kind of weird to you that he just didn't think about that at all when he tripped the alarm? Um, I don't know. Maybe. I guess we don't know how intuitive computer systems are in the Star Wars world, whether or True. not he would have noticed the differences, but it just seemed kind of funny that the smartest guy there makes such a stupid mistake. Yeah, Even yeah, when Gregor's sure. like, the idiot, I knew that. Don't do that. Right. Well, Gregor's, his whole position here is he was actually a trainer. He was training yeah. these troops, which I found to be kind of an interesting thing here. But so he's training the troops. We do have some, you know, some fighting through the halls. And, and again, stunning. they're Yeah, they're stunning. <laughs> and I just, now that they know that they aren't clones, why, why are they stunning? Well, oh, because they're nice guys. They don't want to kill anybody. I mean, they, they don't want to use violence. It's like, well, what, what are we talking about here? It's funny because this show at one point was one of the more violent, if not the most violent out of all yeah. the cartoons and now it's just super like they backed off like they got complaints or something well they're still being shot at you know but it's just yeah. it's just the bad batch continues to use stunt you know I, I don't get it i guess i just don't get it maybe i should get it maybe maybe i'm just far too violent for my own for my own good but um of course that being said upon the rescue attempt which you caught the little escape through the exhaust port. Yeah. Which was like the world's smallest exhaust port, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, How did Wrecker fit through that? Well, <laughs> well, he, yeah, he wasn't there, though. I mean, he was True. in the ship. But, True. but my point was is that Wrecker, when they were attempting the rescue, Wrecker does shoot some bolts at him. You know, mm-hmm. So he wasn't on stun. Which, again, makes sense. Yeah. Um, how'd you like the... Uh, I don't know what they called this guy. I don't remember if they called this an ARC trooper or not, but the, the yellow the yellow insignia trooper that took multiple stunning uh, shots to take down. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. I guess I don't understand the concept of a stun shot because it doesn't really make sense to me, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It kind of uh, felt like the Bad Batch was, they were having a little bit more trouble with this guy, you know? So is, is, he, is, he, is he a He's boss? He's a boss. <laughs> so I don't know. I, you know, we're, we're starting to see some variation in the, in the troops. So there obviously are some more elite guys here that, they're, that they have now, not just like later. Um, but they, you know... Again, we're setting the stage, you know, less skilled troops, more numbers type of deal. But mm-hmm. they obviously do have some some ideas about having some uh, better troops as well. So we had Old Yellow, but Old di- old Yellow didn't really last either. So no. And then even upon the, the, the escape, we, we kind of see some of the um, some of the training here, because as we're fighting in the exhaust port, one of the, uh, I guess, leaders he has a blue face mask or no, he, he has blue light to his um, helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually gets shot by his own troops. Yeah. So these, these 
folks are just just shooting. Un- undisciplined. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought that was a good differentiation, you know, yeah. between the clones and, and these uh, new conscripted troopers. Um, are able to rescue everyone except for Hunter, unfortunately. And Hunter is, uh, he's captured. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kind of end this episode, well, there's two parts of the ending of the episode. The first part is the Prime Minister of Camino is uh, confronted by our Admiral, and they caught the Caminoans that were trying to leave. And he and tries to sell out the scientist. <laughs> well, he says, you know, I could use a scientist, but I don't need a politician, and the implication is that the, the prime minister was uh, was killed by the troopers. Were you half expecting to hear blaster shots? Yeah, I was actually kind of... And to I be honest, too. like, I, I, I didn't hear anything in that point. So, yeah, I was a little confused. Because, again, like, you close the door and there are, like, a couple of troopers in there. You just kind of assume, you know... They just, they just stood in there and stared at him. He's like, what are you guys doing? Can I leave? Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I don't I don't know. Maybe he'll still be there, but I guess the implication is is that he might be dead. And then the end end is where we have uh, sort of the confrontation, or well, brief, brief sort of couple words between Hunter and Crosshair. Mm-hmm. And I actually have to say like. So Crosshair says, you know, I was hoping for the whole squad, but you'll do. You'll do for what? Yeah. Is my question. And it kind of cycles back. Indoctrination. No. Well, it cycles back to do they need the Bad Batch for something? Or does Crosshair just have, like, I just want to kill people now? Or is this a case of he, his chip actually was fried? And he's turned back, and it's like, but you'll do to help me get out of here or something like right. that. So I don't know. Might be might be interesting. But we have to wait till next week. Yeah. Which I'm assuming we'll have our two-part finale. Uh, I don't know. Is it is it going to be two-part finale? Oh, I haven't heard anything about that. But typically, I mean... It would make sense to do one either. I don't know. We could do another setup and then a longer like hour, hour and a half episode. But yeah, we'll see. Be interesting to see. We will see. So anyway, I thought it was a pretty good episode. All things said. Um, So, yeah. 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 Good episode. Yeah. Good. Very good episode. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. It's okay. It's good. Good stuff. It was terrible. It was awful. Oh, it was I hated fun. it. It was super, super cool. Super cool, super sweet. All right, man. Anything Is else you want to talk about? For it, super Batch? cool, super sweet. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, as far as rating, I think, you know, I had a conversation with somebody about Bad Batch, and it's like, Bad Batch is fine. It's, yeah, I, it's just I fine. Think, I think, in a way, I, I've tried to rethink some of it a little bit in my own mind because, like, I found that we've been pretty harsh on things. When in reality, maybe we don't need to be that harsh on the series because it's not it's not really anything super impactful. But I think so many people are looking for impact with everything Disney does. But in reality, 
it's just entertainment, you know. Wouldn't that just get kind of exhausting though if everything was a huge reveal like Mandalorian? True. Season two, I mean. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I I don't I don't know, I don't know. It's man. like every every Star Wars book we grew up with wasn't like a huge, mind blowing reveal at the end. Some of them were just good little filler stories. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I I don't even know how I'd rate the show anymore after that conversation because it's like it was fine. I don't think it's like eight worthy, but it was it was fine. Maybe we should just hold off on rating for a little bit till we get to the end. I yeah, the I just or yeah, I, it, it it was it was it was a good episode. You know, it was entertaining. We'll see what the rest of the season brings, but there's just nothing there's nothing impactful in this series. There's some easter eggs and stuff like that, but even um, even the uh, shoot. Let me actually see if I can find that real quick. The uh, the name of this program for the conscripted troop uh, troopers was mentioned in um, it was mentioned in uh, Rogue One. It was one of the things that she uh, that when they were trying to steal the Death Star plans. They had named a few other uh, files. Right. Uh, let's see. I thought it was in this article, but I could be wrong. So stupid when I... When I, <laughs> when I know I... When I know... Oh, pro, yeah, well, okay, so Project War Mantle, so the actual title of the show. Uh, apparently that was said in Rogue One. So there you go. So many Easter eggs in Rogue One. I need to watch it again here soon. It's yeah, been a while. It was, it was good. It was good. Um, it was good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else we want to talk about from Bad Batch perspective? Or are you good to move on with the book? Nope. Excited for the book. Okie dokie. Well, the book it is. Edge of Victory 1 Conquest. Written by Greg Keyes. Greg, Greg Keyes. Uh, it authors both of the Edge of Victory books, one and two. And I was actually going to look him up to see if he's done anything else. What are his writing credits? <laughs> Did some Babylon 5, that's fun. Uh, Final Prophecy as well. So he does uh, another book in the... Oh, yes, okay, I remember Final Prophecy. That's good stuff. Uh, eh. I mean, there's some other stuff here, but nothing that I really care to talk about. But, uh, yeah, the, as I said, this, in my opinion, is where we start to get interesting mm -hmm. in, in the New Jedi Order. Um, eventually, we'll, we'll maneuver through Edge of Victory, work into Star by Star, and then, I, at least from my remembrance, Dark Journey, is, Dark Journey and Enemy Lines are probably three of my favorite books. Um, there is so much that's going to be happening. Uh, and, and that's right the, after this twofer, right? Well, star, it, it'll go th this and then star by star. And then th it, it's really the next five books are, are quite interesting, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's just, we're, we're running into the best part of, of this series. Now, granted, you know, there's going to be some dark stuff here. There's going to be oh, some, yeah. 
big changes. Uh, so yeah, just get prepared if you are reading along with us and so forth. Uh, cause there, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be coming up here. And even yeah. in this book, it foreshadows changes, certain changes mm-hmm. that are going to happen much later. And uh, of course you can also get these on audible. They are a bridge They're between two and three hours. So if you want to speed through them, the Audible versions are actually pretty, pretty okay. You know, the details are good enough. Uh, although I will say, I, I am really tired of the sound effects. I'm, re- yeah. I'm yeah. really tired of it. I don't need to hear what poking someone's eyes out sounds like. Mm-hmm. And and some of the screams, some of some of the droid ones and the screams are pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. Some of this it was one just. Was this one was kind of worse than some of the others in that respect. Yes, it, it absolutely was. Um, but anyway, as as the Darth kind of uh, alluded to earlier, this is a, an Anakin solo book, essentially. And uh, we, we start with kind of some of the events of our prior book, which, man, I didn't remember at all. But the Yuuzhan Vong have put a bounty out uh, for the Jedi. They kind of said, we will stop our invasion if you give us all the Jedi, obviously a complete lie, but they want the Jedi. They, this, they understand that this is the real enemy. It's not really the Republic, but it is the Jedi. And this brings the ill-intented, stupid group known as the Peace Brigade, if I can speak yeah. properly, out to deal with the Jedi. Yeah, the, and the I mean the Peace Brigade Brigade. See, I can't even say it either. <laughs> They're just normal people from this galaxy. They're collaborators, you know. And, and the Order of Twelve. <laughs> yeah, we we did get that in here. The the Order of Twelve. So there's always some power behind this. But what we sort of start, sort of our main conflict is the the Jedi Academy on Yavin Four. Anakin has the feeling that this is going to be the next Yuuzhan Vong target, which makes sense. Luke is also sort of aware of this, but he's running into a problem with the Jedi. Unfortunately, the existing Jedi here are starting to turn against themselves as well. And what was the, what was the, uh, the, the quotation like Jedi for Jedi or something like that? Jedi or for whatever? the Jedi, yeah. Yeah, from old Kip. Yeah, and you know the thing is is like they're they're kind of fighting for for their survival on two fronts. So, I I get how that kind of goes, but it it, it definitely is going against sort of the ideals of of the Jedi. Yeah. But these Jedi at this time are far more kind of self-serving in a way and and Kip and his his they whole are. group they're really out there. I mean, they're, they're not doing bad things. They honestly are trying to do the right thing, but they're probably also really scared that they're going to be hunted down and they want to strike first. And Luke isn't really allowing for that, you know? Well, and it, this actually brings up quite a big topic. Not that we'll probably delve into it too much, but you know, Kip mentions we're trying to emulate you when you fought the empire. Yeah, and Luke's retrospective of that is kind of interesting. How he kind of almost regrets what he had done in a way, which you know what he did was kill a lot of people. So <laughs> that's probably a good thing. <laughs> well, but the the problem it's it's always the it's always kind of the the duality of the Jedi, and and how you sort of think about a Jedi. It's like, well, 
you are warriors, no matter what you think. You do fight mm-hmm. for the light. On the other hand, you are supposed to respect life. And we kind of see this in, in the High Republic where, you know, they have the internal monologue about, oh, I don't want to kill them, but, you know, they're trying to kill me. Oh, yeah. my God. What are we yeah. going to do? Well, they make, a, they make a much bigger deal of it than, you know, the New Republic era Jedis, for sure. Sure, sure. But Luke is certainly pushing pushing back. But the thing is, is that, and we've talked about this before, the Yuuzhan Vong value strength, and I feel like I feel like now we're kind of at the point where the New Republic sort of knows how to fight the Yuuzhan Vong a little bit better. Like they're not going to be necessarily taken off guard by their weapons as much, and maybe a push wouldn't be a bad thing you know right now we're being mm-hmm. very defensive about everything and the using and the longer still... we wait the more they learn how to deal with us right exactly but you know the politicians really aren't helping either um so anyway the idea is to send how what was his name talon card i believe mm-hmm. was talon card he's not a smuggler at all no. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So his, his, his last name is actually spelled K-A-R-R-D-E, Carday, but they said mm. Card. But Talon. <laughs> and he, he looks like a vampire, at least this one little picture of him with his neat little goatee and his Lando some, Calrissian cloak. Some <laughs> of the Wikipedia art for some of these characters is kind of rough. Oh, it's yeah. It's, well, it's fun, though. Sometimes. Like uh, Valen Horns doesn't look like his race at all. <laughs> it's literally just a sketch up of him. Well, sure, sure. Oh, this one, God, this one picture makes him look like uh, like the old Nighthawk. <laughs> That's interesting. Or uh, whatever. I, I don't want to talk about all the Marvel oh, folks who have bows and arrows that I never remember. Like, is I mean, there's like a ton of those kind of Robin yeah. Hood looking people. Anyway, wow, this is actually a rather long article. I have no idea about this guy. Like, I really don't. And it's a very, oh my goodness, it goes on for a long time. There's like a lot in here about this guy. Maybe we should read up on this guy. Well, he is uh, Cornhorn's father in law, correct? I believe that is correct. Yeah. 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 Anyway. They Luke sends card to rescue the Padawans and you know anyone else who is on Yavin. But Anakin decides that he has to go. Yeah. And a lot of this is sort of centered <laughs> around his best friend, Tahiri. Oh. Yes. Didn't you love how many times they said like refer to each other as best friend. I'm your best friend. I know. Not so I'm fast, your... best. F- not so fast, best friend. I'm your best friend. Just kiss already. Right. Oh, goodness. You know, and the funny thing was, is that, um, you know, briefly, I, I kind of forgot the character. And it, I don't know why, but I just got a, like, maybe it was just the way the dude read it. But I was like, is this like a lizard person? <laughs> 
I don't know why. It's just like the the descriptor, the way the guy read the character, it just didn't make much sense to me. And then, you know, to like relook her back up and uh, her, she was on a cover of one of the books. Mm -hmm. So I know who she is. It was just one of those things. It's like, no, she's a blonde humanoid with green eyes. Yeah. (laughs) I, I don't know why it confused me so much in the beginning. I was like, Whatever. I don't know why I got it. I don't. I. I just wanted to share. Sharing is caring. But one of her. One of her um, pieces of art is uh, the cover of. Oh, what book was that? I'm not gonna find it. it doesn't matter. But the her later involvement in one of the Coruscant stories in the series is quite possibly one of the more interesting parts of this series and mm-hmm. that's further down the line but we we when we get there there's a lot of really interesting diving into you know some of the bad stuff about Coruscant yeah <laughs> anyway so Anakin wants to go rescue his girlfriend or <clears throat> I mean best friend best friend best friends forever yeah it's all in the details um and we have we have a couple of other Jedi here as well. Yeah, we have Master Ikrid. Right. For a little while, at least. Shh, 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 shh. Don't say that. <laughs> there, there really aren't that many people at the Academy. There's like a handful of kids, uh, two yeah, other the Jedi, Solas- and, and then yeah, the, the Solasar twins, yeah. Balin, Horn, Korn's little boy. Yep. And then Sana, who... It's kind of brushed over pretty quickly in the story. So true. So when we get to the planet, and and also feel free to add any. Well, actually, I guess we should back up a little bit to the whole Jedi meeting because mm-hmm. Jason and Jaina do attempt to. They attempt to keep Kip there. Yeah, because they know ultimately that he'll take like half the order with him if he decides to leave. Right. And that doesn't doesn't really help out. Um, unfortunately, again, I think Luke is kind of we're seeing he's lost a little bit of a grip on 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 the the order, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But and, and it, there was even a small part in there where he had a moment of doubt, and I think it was Jaina who caught it, and then also obviously his wife Mara, who caught it as well. And um, it's it, it's kind of one of those things where like we have so many criticizers of like Luke in the sequels, how he had mm-hmm. his moment of doubt with Kylo or with Ben. You, you guys, you guys know that he had a lot of times of doubt in non-canon. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't all. We always talk him up to be perfect, but he had his moments. Yeah, he certainly had his moments, but I mean, he he usually came out on top. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So these moments of weaknesses are very much a part of Luke, and and to say anything against that, it's just that's how humans work. So anyway, as we sort of move back to Yavin, they have been attempting to pro- project like a an illusion around Yavin. And this has worked for a while, 
but that started to to break down and when Anakin arrives there is a transport there and this winds up being the peace brigade mm-hmm. and the peace brigade they don't quite know that the temple's there because again the illusion's still sort of there but after the arrival of Anakin a lot of the veil kind of folds back and then I think we get like 12 ships that jump in from the peace brigade yeah. and Anakin's forced to land. And then, you know, he, he meets his best friend, you know, why haven't you called me? We were Cause I've been kind of busy, you know, almost dying being chased by using Vong for like 20 hours straight at a time. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then dealing with politics. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, I, I think, uh, what, what was our master's name again? Icrid. I'm glad you uh, remembered the names or at least have the names in front of you. Because I, I have them in front of me. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't pull those up in my, in my, pre, my pre-work here, so, but it's, it's good. The real test would be remembering all the Yuzen Bong names. Oh, geez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so with, with Icarid here, he, he kind of makes a statement along the way that Anakin... And uh, and Tahiri are stronger together, mm-hmm. and this is this is again this is sort of foreshadowing that, there. True, it, it's kind of the the interesting take on the Force, right? Mm-hmm. And this is like Luke and Mara. There is strength in the relationships that the Jedi had for so long forsaken, mm-hmm. and and again, it's setting up that you know, I mean, they're best friends. Okay, they're they're just <laughs> best. We do have some awkward moments with that dialogue too. It's like, oh, I've started feeling things I've never felt before when I'm around her and well, looking kids. at her in different ways. I mean, they're kids. Yeah, what, they're like, Anakin, she's fourteen. Anakin's six, I think sixteen, fifteen, sixteen at this point. She's fourteen. Yeah. They learned together. They were Padawans together, you know. And we mm-hmm. learned. I mean, like, case of like Avar Chris and uh, Elzar Man. I mean, you know <laughs> what? What happens as a Padawan stays a Padawan, you know. Uh, we even kind of get that on the Yuz and Vong side, ironically, with one of the well, characters. See, I, I, I want to talk about the Yuz and Vong too, because, um, but let, let's just progress a little bit because I do want to, yeah, I do want to yeah, harp yeah, yeah. on that yeah. as well, because this, again, we start to get a turn and we also get an Anakin realization, which I think is why this book's important. Mm-hmm. But just, just to keep here, uh, with the threat bearing down, they attempt to send, you know, most of the kids along with our two other Jedi that are stationed there uh, to the cave so that they can, you know, kind of be safe. And Anakin is sort of going to make his stand with the master in the temple to sort of draw everybody away from the potential escaping kids. Well, of course, this works exactly to plan. And by that, I mean, of course, it doesn't go to plan because mm-hmm. Tahiri is not just going to leave Anakin alone. And Tahiri brings the twins and then uh, one of the others. Who is the other one? Sana. Or no, Valen. Is it Valen? Val- yeah. yeah. Yes. So they they bring they 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 want to help. So they sneak away and uh, and attempt to, to help um, the master and, and Anakin. Well, Anakin's plan was is that he was going to escape in his X-wing, but he can't now take a total of six people in one X-wing. So and I love to hear his response. That's like, oh, I hadn't thought that far ahead. It's like, yeah. Now what? Well, it, Thanks. it's it's kind of it's kind of why I like to hear he just initially because there's a humor about her, and Star Wars yeah. needs humor. It, yes. It's still 
it's still supposed to be sort of kid centric, you know, and, and her, her little bouts of humor here are, are good. And it, and it's the banter between best friends. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, I, 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 I enjoyed her character all, all the way through it and, and we'll, we'll talk more about her as we go along, but plan doesn't quite go according to plan. And here's another thing I found. You notice how they really talk about time in a lot longer increments than what kind of we normally get. Like, yeah, the writer really goes to extents to say, you know, they were here for like a couple of days. So Mm -hmm. this whole book is over the sequence of multiple days, not just a day. They're there. It's like weeks, which I just find to be interesting because some books don't really go over time very well. No, they don't, especially in a abridged book. You'd think that information would be kind of omitted. So I did appreciate that. Yeah. So anyway, upon our sort of modified escape plan, the plan now is to try and steal a ship, which they do. And we meet, uh, do you remember the pilot's name? Our pilot Mm. friend? Mm. I bet I could find that pretty quickly, but no, I do not yet. Well, this pilot is not really a yeah. member of the... Remus Venn. There we go. Yeah, Venn. And then uh, then Quarrel. Well, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Yeah. But so Venn, who's always easy, at least that's what he says, <clears throat> he's not really a member of the Peace Brigade. It kind of made it, He kind of made it sound like that he was just sort of chartered. You mm-hmm. know, it's his ship they chartered his ship to come here. Now, whether that's true or not, I mean, come on, he's totally a scoundrel, but they do kind of wind up working along with him and he, he does come through in the end. Yeah. Which by the way, that's probably the funniest dialogue in this entire book is when they're asking like anything I should know about with the ship He's like, no, no, everything's good. Okay, good. Cause you're coming along. Well, there is this thing yeah. about if you don't punch in a security code, the cabin will kind of electrify. Oh, yeah. yeah, good Good to know. Glad you remembered that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was fun. I mean, obviously, he's he's not really a Jedi sympathizer either, you know? He's just probably in it for the money. Right. And maybe safety. So when they attempt to, to get away, you know, they are shot down, ships damaged, mm-hmm. and again, we get this passage of time. The master, Ikrit, Okay. He attempts to give them an escape route and does some really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, really some shows some awesome force powers in this book. Right. And he, you know, he even says in the beginning, he's not really a warrior. It doesn't even seem like he has a, a lightsaber, but he yeah. just sort of casually is strolling through, you know, I, this mass of people who are trying to kill him. And for a while he was, he was able to, He was able to do it. He was able to, like, buy time, but eventually he was killed. And uh, Tahiri goes to attempt to basically bring his body back, which, of course, is bad for Anakin because it's his best friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, And unfortunately, he's forced to leave her behind for the time being. Um, And that kind of gets into the Yuzen Vong here a little bit. So let's, let's follow some Yuzen Vong because... First and foremost, we have the, um, oh, shoot, what, what, what were our sort of... Our master shaper. Shapers, that's the word. Mezzan so, quad. 
right. is our master shaper. So the 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 shapers are <sighs> they're kind of like scientist surgeons almost. In yeah, description. with eight fingers, they get they get yeah. different hands, so they have more fingers, which um, are actually really lethal near the end of the book. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Now the shapers have their own sort of sense of religious practice um, mm-hmm. and doctrine, and they're that... certainly well regarded. Within the Yuzenvong, they are basically the highest respected, other than a war master, one of the highest ranks you could get to. Uh, y- yeah, yeah, for for sure. I think that it, it's kind it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. I, I it feels like they're yeah they're half scientist, half religious figures, but also I don't know. It's just it's it's a different thing, but. Um, their intent is to attempt to implant false memories into Tahiri's head to make her mm-hmm. think that she is actually a Yuzen Vong and mm-hmm. have her fight for them. And I, and that's kind of at least this particular shaper's plan for the Jedi. Anakin actually has a vision of Tahiri turning into what they want her to turn into. And that's particularly distressing to him because they're best friends. Best friends. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's obviously ready to go back for, but their ship's damaged. They do find, as you had said, Coral, who had been a part of another, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, another series with Jason and Jaina where he kind of forced them to like make repairs to his ship. But he's basically not stranded, but, essentially just like a hermit on Yavin at this point. He yeah. was a former Old tie fighter, no, tie pilot. He, he was, he was, yeah, he's former pilot. Who's just there on the planet. And, but now he's kind of, he, he's not a bad guy. He's just old. Essentially. <laughs> he's not so, evil. He's just old. <laughs> yeah. So he, he's going to help as well. And he kind of keeps an eye on, on Ven and the, um, and the other, uh, the other kids here are other uh, sort of Padawans. Or what do they call them? They don't really call them Padawans anymore. They call them, uh, what oh. was their word for them? It wasn't like initiates, was it? It might have been. Yeah, I don't remember the exact word for them. It doesn't really matter, I don't think. But then we get into, obviously, the Shapers, but we also meet another Yuzen Vong, by the name of Ninyim? No, <laughs> no, the one that Anakin no, meets. No. no, it's Vua Rapun. So, yeah, Rapung. Do we have a hard G at the end, or it doesn't really matter? But anyway, so Rapun. I, I I thought I thought in the book he 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 <laughs> pronounced it as Rapung. Like yeah, or something. something like that. I don't know. But anyway, I might say Rapung, but yeah, there are two. I don't know. Sometimes there. I think he said Vua Rapoon. Yeah, it didn't. Makes no sense. And then there's Rapun. I don't know. I think no one told him, so he just kind of forgot. Well, let's just I'm I'm just gonna say Rapung. You can say whatever you want. But so we meet Rapung. I'm just gonna call him Vua. There you go. Who <laughs> is considered to be a shamed Yuzenvong. Mm-hmm. And which these... is kind of odd the reason which he's shamed. Well, Basically yeah. his Sorry, did you want to get into that right way or kind of uh, no? Go ahead. Synopsis? D- yeah, just go ahead. 
Yeah, so essentially all of his, obviously the Yuuzhan Vong care a lot about self-mutilation, scarring, different uh, implants and whatnot. And he essentially, his body rejected about 95% of all of that. And he's like, he's got these pus-filled wounds from all the scars not healing properly. And his implants, reject the body rejected the implants. So he's considered to be unfavored by the gods because of that. So yep. he's ashamed one because of it. Yeah, but we do learn that that wasn't, he wasn't shamed by the gods or anything. Correct. He was just knocking boots with our, with our head shaper here. And, yeah. you know, he chose to broke it off, break it off because it was essentially sacrilege. Mm-hmm. And she made it so that, you know, he, he was seen as rejected. So, He's part of the shamed contingent here, at any rate. Yeah, what well, was he like an angler? I think when he yeah, that's Anakin what they said. Is, but yeah. in his prior life, he was a, he was a commander. He was a strong Yuuzhan yeah. Vong well, warrior, very well respected. Exactly, and he actually initiates a team up with Anakin because mm-hmm. he said he thinks that he and Anakin can effectively help him get vengeance upon which the is shaver. Freaking awesome. It's actually then, a really cool setup, right? And th- this is the this is the thing about enemies. With the first order, we were just meant to hate them. There was mm-hmm. no no uh, redemption. They were just supposed to be basically space Nazis. They're the worst of the worst. But that's not the case with the Empire. We saw the subtleties in the Empire. Like there were good people in the Empire that were just swept up. The First mm-hmm. Order never had that subtlety. They never allowed that to develop. But the same yeah. can be said here with Yuuzhan Vong. They have a varied culture. And you know, even like with Jason in our last book, they respect Jason. I mean, they want to mm-hmm. murder him horribly, yeah. but they also respect him because he showed himself to be strong. I think a good comparison to the Yuuzhan Vong would be the, uh, the Nogri. Honestly. Sure. Yeah. That, yeah. Another warrior race. That. Yep. Based heavily on respect and honor. Exactly. But the thing is, they're just so different from the humans in this galaxy that there's going to be a natural clash. But again, there are some differences here. So Rapong uh, teams up with Anakin and basically says, we'll get your friend back, but, and we'll get my revenge on, on the shaper. And yeah, it'll be great. He even says, which is a stupid goal, by the way, but I'll help you. True. But and again, it's so funny that that they just it wasn't even a thing. They didn't even really have to have this whole learn to trust each other. They just went with it. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's kind of refreshing where you just go yeah. with it. Um, and there's not many other characters that I think would do that other than Anakin, to be honest. True. You Very, couldn't yeah, see that happening true. with Jason, you know, Mara. Yeah, uh, no, for sure. And and it is something that makes Anakin a very unique unique figure here. So mm-hmm. the, the plan becomes that, uh, that Rapung is going to take Anakin into the camp as a slave. And, you know, R- Rapung had actually, um, faked his death. So he's coming back into the fold. Nobody really seems to care. And Anakin gets to stroke plants. Hundreds. <laughs> Hundreds of plants. <laughs> Goes uh, back to that description. Numbers. It's great. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, th- this this was an interesting thing 
in a, in a way. Uh, so upon entering the camp, and, and I guess we should also mention that uh, Anakin's Kyba crystal does get damaged after he mm-hmm. is he's thrown off of his makeshift speeder. And before he meets Rapung. So he, he has to hide his lightsaber. He goes into the camp and he is shown these, uh, these plants, um, <clears throat> lambits, uh, lambits. Yeah, there we go. And inside of these plants, once they get stroked enough, uh, they reveal uh, a crystal, <laughs> which the use Vong just use as light, a light source. Yeah. But Anakin feels sort of that this this these things are living like kyber crystals they're not but they're like kyber crystals and he steals one after stroking it and he steals man Come he on. steals it and uh intends on attempting to rebuild his lightsaber using this crystal which is very interesting we don't we, we do have some stories that, of some different crystal stuff, but it doesn't always come up very much. Yeah. And then he has to have some time to connect with it. And this is where it starts to get very interesting for Anakin because Anakin starts to realize that maybe he is a different type of Jedi. Mm-hmm. He starts to see that maybe the Jedi philosophy sh- could tell you that you can't fight the Yuuzhan Vong because they're not of the force and it doesn't affect the balance. But what if, but they're clearly evil. Yeah. So So do I just ignore them because they don't affect the force? Do they affect the force? Does that make it right for me to ignore them? Maybe I'm not, maybe master, and he even says it, maybe master Yoda's wrong. Yeah. Maybe this isn't how we should be serving the force. Yeah, it was a very interesting conversation he had with himself. In the end, he does decide that he must fight the Yuuzhan Vong. And he is able to connect with the crystal and power on his lightsaber because he himself has now brought himself into balance. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny. It's, it's almost like he uses the lambent crystal as a bridge to be able to sense the Yuuzhan Vong not albeit in a way that he would with the Force, with right. every other living being, but in a cloudy kind of way, he's able to sense their presence. Yeah, and that, that's, what's, that's what's so interesting, because again, that, that's always been the problem with the Yuuzhan Vong. They're not connected to the Force. They're connected to their own biological entities. And now we have a Jedi who has learned to connect with something of the Yuuzhan Vongs, and now, even in a hazy way, he can see them. Yeah. Which is big. Kind of makes you wonder why they didn't title this book balance point. Honestly, (laughs) seemed like it'd be a little more fitting in a way. Well, because it's the edge of victory. (laughs) Is it though? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, kind of, well, it could have been edge of victory balance balance point. (laughs) Yeah, I guess now, after this, we do get into the rescue mission, which I, I have to say I really enjoyed it because it was just basically hack and slash mm-hmm. through the shapers, you know, sort of home thing, home ship. They just landed on the temple and it just it just I don't know. Sometimes I like a good 90s action movie where yeah. 
you know, you just you just run through all the enemies and you're just hacking and slashing. It's kind of fun sometimes. Yeah. Anakin is essentially Kurt Russell in this. <laughs> <laughs> or well, Vin Diesel. <laughs> well, how did, what did you think about his maturity in this book? Because for me, I thought he felt extremely mature. I personally and, think he's and in control. Yeah, I personally think, and I've thought this for a few books now, even though he's had his moments, he's the most mature of the three, to be honest. Oh, I think he's yeah. found himself in a way that Jason never did and never does, obviously, knowing what we know. Yeah, no, I, and, and I agree. He, he definitely is, is probably the most balanced of, of everyone, but for sure he definitely finds a little bit more happy medium than the others do. Or, uh, yeah, anyway, we, we don't want to get too far, yeah. too far ahead no. of ourselves. <laughs> so, anyway, the Master Shaper is, we, we, we had kind of talked, is a heretic. She doesn't believe that the gods exist, which is dangerous in, the, in their culture. And uh, uh, Nian Yim, her, her assistant, mm-hmm. is also a heretic by their mm-hmm. religion. And the experiments that they're doing on Tahiri are contrary to the doctrine, but they are proving far more effective than the normal yeah. doctrine would say. Now the sort of like ancient shaper sets a little trap here with, with his a, uh, weird eyes. Yeah. It's like, I, I kind of, what, what did they call them? Do you remember what they called his eyeballs? I don't know. I thought that they just sounded like bugs. He's just, he just has bioluminescent yeah. bug eyes yeah. that look at you. Well, if they're just baby thud bugs, and he can just launch them out of his oh, skull geez. at people. Take this. <laughs> Goodness. Okay, uh, now come back, guys. I can't see. I can't see. Yeah, some of this stuff is kind of dumb. But anyway, he sets up a trap to expose uh, the, the Shaper as a heretic, which, which they do. Actually, easy. extremely easy. Ninyam's kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, she yeah she could be a little smarter about stuff, and they're effectively taken to answer for this. And this is sort of where we have our final final confrontation. Now, throughout our you know sort of like Streets of Rage style, moving up the ladder of of varying Yuz and Vong, after of, many turkeys. Yes, after many turkeys. <laughs> Rapung eventually meets, uh, I think it was his brother, right? Like one yes. of his brothers. And um, he's starting to kind of win over some of the Vong himself that remember him as being, you know, a great warrior. It's like, is mm-hmm. he really shamed? So when the confrontation finally comes with, with our shaper here, he requests that she answer for this. It's like, you know, you have to answer for this. You have to answer truthfully. And that's, of course, and she where does we... in a big way because, like, am I really shamed by the gods? And her response is, there are no gods. Yeah, and then fools, she, she, kill, she kills the commander that was, like, holding One them. One of her eight fingers. Yeah, her, her <laughs> it's, finger it's, things. It's kind of weird how she descri- the author describes that because, like, it makes it out to be like she's almost like this weird tentacle monster thing that's able to, like, just, you know impale five six people right through through the head at once including vua yep <laughs> so but with that being said she does answer answer truthfully uh 
as as well. So essentially, Rapung is now not necessarily shamed, but he is dying. He took yeah. a thud bugger two to the to the stomach, and he's mm-hmm. he's pretty hurt. Anakin's hurt in this whole rush. Uh, he's got a bat. He's got a bum leg now. To hear he's out here well, at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he does he does have to have a, a confrontation, sort of confrontation with Tahiri to bring her back, because at this point she does believe that she's a Yuzin Vong. Mm-hmm. But being best friends, of course. And being that he loves her, he loves her, he loves her. Yeah, he's <laughs> able to break through, which is which is good, and she mm-hmm. decapitates our, our master shaper, which... Kind of a know, big change of pace for her usual bubbly goofy personality well but then she snaps right back it's like oh we're in quite a situation here aren't we anakin and again i kind of like that i mean i know some people won't but it was just kind of funny and she's just like oh we're kind of screwed here aren't we annie you know it's Mm. like no we'll be fine hopefully best friend best friend don't don't worry about it girlfriend we're gonna steal okay not yet okay no not yet no we're gonna steal this coral skipper thing it'll be great we'll be fine um Rapung does sacrifice himself for Anakin. In a very uh, epic way. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, the guy can... If, I, I, I am fully convinced that if he wasn't hurt, he could have probably killed every Yuzin Vong on this oh, yeah. entire planet. Well, because, like, like... And this gets a little descriptive here, so I apologize to the younger audience, but, like, he gets impaled through the neck, that, and it goes through his back, and after that, he's able to crush a skull. <laughs> Yeah, it's that like that seems so funny. It's, it's like, like Game it, of Thrones stuff here. Yeah, that seemed like a little overkill. Yeah, he he get he gets impaled through the neck, but he's still able to kill that guy by crushing yeah. his skull. You think he just does like the clap? I <laughs> just, I have no idea how that even worked. It's it, that seemed a little bit unrelatable, but yeah, he's he is unfortunately finally finally killed, which again is actually better for him in the long run because it gives him the glory. Yeah. And then the rest of the Yuzen Vong will remember that. And we learn later that the Yuzen Vong are starting to honor the Jedi and possibly yeah. some of the shamed might even be looking towards the Jedi as a salvation for their shame, which in my opinion is very dangerous to the Yuzen Vong. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sovin Law is not happy about this. And even uh, uh brother mentions like, I would like to honor you by being the one to kill you. And it would yeah. bring me great honor. It's like, no, 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 no. Exactly. He's my little buddy. He's cool, bro. <laughs> now, b- before we get to that, because that was kind of towards the end of the book, um, the, Anakin and Tahiri are able to escape. Uh, Tahiri is still retaining some of the some of the Vong sort of thing. She's able to understand the language still and mm-hmm. uh, also help fly the ship. And... They do come across their their friends, you know, Ven and Coral and the in the the annoying or creepy twins, I think is what Ven called them, the, the creepy yeah. twins. Yeah. And <laughs> they 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 board the the transport ship, which uh, has been mildly repaired, and attempt to escape. But of course, we do have um, we do have our kind of space battle going on. Between Card and and then the Yuzin Vong, and this is where we start to see the shift, though, in the books where the Yuzin Vong are not necessarily overmatching anyone anymore. Mm-hmm. The 
card actually the surprise isn't really affecting people right well, well card actually has a star destroyer and then like some support craft yeah we array uh, and a few others right and we do get another uh another character coming in do you remember the the commander of the second destroyer uh, yeah the, the idiots red... array no 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 not the idiots oh, you're array, not talking the... about the girl no, the no. red star destroyer that comes in. Uh, uh shoot, uh, Booster Tarek. Okay, Booster there we Tarek. go. So Tarek also comes in. It, well, it, one of his uh, grandkids was there, was on the the planet. That's, I'm sorry, that's Cornhorn's father-in-law. There that's we go. That's Valen's grandfather. Not. Uh, we we got it. We got there. Yeah. The de- the detail guy <laughs> got it mixed up. The detail guys always get the details right. All I knew was someone with a star destroyer is grandfather to. <laughs> yes, Korn. exactly. So, so <laughs> and, and Corin Corin was there with him as well. Yes. So, so Corin and well, Jason and Jaina tracked them down, mm-hmm. and uh, so they were they were there to, there to help Anakin as well. But the thing is, is that the Yuuzhan force at that point. I mean, they got carved up, man. They yeah. got carved up. Yeah. I and mean, Tahiri and Anakin straight up just throw it two massive thousand-year-old trees at one of their transports. Oh, that was, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, uh, that was at before the switch off, before they got back on the transport. I'm glad you remembered that. Yeah, that was pretty epic. Because as best friends, the best friend powers united, and they yes. became... Bester, Bester friends. friends. <laughs> but yeah, that was and that they, was really they have cool. like a little moment where they think of Ikra's words again. That's right. It's pretty cool. Like foreshadowing, he knew that something like that was going to happen. Yeah, but yeah, they they do they uproot a thousand year old tree and just like literally throw it at a Yuuzhan Vong ship, which was which was really I mean that's pretty OP stuff right there. When you how'd you like it? to be one of the Vongs in that ship, watching that hurl towards you as you die? Uh, Oh my God. Like, a tree. Is this tree. honorable? <laughs> it was Is that yeah, an honorable it, death. It was it was it was really neat to see. Um all's well that ends well though. Uh even even Card's friend that he was <clears throat> not crying about. It was just dust. It was yeah. just dust uh in his eyes. Uh we really don't have much in the way of losses aside from ships, essentially. Yeah. And this is this is a pretty decisive win, I would say. Probably the most decisive yet, <laughs> as far as the losses go. Yeah, and I guess to sort of wrap up a little bit of the the light side here, the our Jedi in training are gonna stay aboard um, the red ship. What was the guy's name again? <laughs> uh, Talon Card. No, the other one. Uh, Booster Tarek. <laughs> Booster Tarek. <laughs> so they're going to stay aboard Tarek's ship. They're going to jump around and, uh, you know, continue to do their thing. And uh, Anakin is going <clears> to <throat> stay for a while with his mm-hmm. best friend. Yeah. They're never going to leave each other again. Yeah. You're coming with me on all my adventures from now on. Yeah, I mean, which which is is honestly good. I think uh, they keep each other rooted, which mm-hmm. I think is important. Well, she even mentions earlier. We kind of glossed over it, but like, there's talk of. Well, she knows everything that's going on with like Chewie and all the other stuff and all the right. things they try to hide from, not deal with, and 
she gets him. Yeah. In a very important way. Yeah, I, I think they'll be, you know, good for each other's recovery and uh, good for each other in the in the long run. So mm-hmm. that kind of wraps up that sort of end of things. But as as you sort of alluded to with um, with Nenyim uh, talking with uh, with uh, Lau about mm-hmm. kind of the heresy, and Lau's not open to it at all. Yeah, and this is this is starting to see some of the cracks in the in the Yuzenvong just culture in general, where Yem is like, "Well, I'm just going to keep doing what I want to do, because you're stupid." Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be interesting to talk about as as that further that rift further gets exploited as we go along. What else? What else do we need to talk about from this book? I think we went through a lot of the oh, major actually, points. Anything else we missed? That you I think, think we of? were actually somewhat thorough with one for once, <laughs> without having to double back. Maybe. I enjoyed this book uh, quite a bit. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was again, like I said in the earlier part. I think it's a, it's starting to be a bit of a turning point in just um, the storytelling of the series. We we got a really good story with Anakin. And uh, a little bit more into the Yuz and Vong to make them a little bit more relatable to to mm-hmm. folks, because at the end of the day, it's not. I mean, obviously, you you, you want to fight your enemies. You know, you, you don't always want to sympathize with them, but they are living things as well, mm-hmm. and they have just a deeper religious practice that says that they must, con- you know, must have the conquest. But in order to sometimes defeat your enemy, you also have to understand your enemy. And I think mm-hmm. we're kind of getting to that point a little bit more and realizing there are more nuances than just being solely a warrior race, which is very common to another sort of uh, fandom. I mean, Klingons. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, and at this point, I would say that Anakin and Tahiri understand the Yuzen Vong as a whole more than probably the rest of the galaxy combined. Right. Just from this little adventure. Exactly. So I'm actually looking uh looking forward to getting getting back into the series as we go along. We have we still have a lot of stuff to do though, so I don't know when the next mm-hmm. time we'll be here again was, but um, hopefully not another three months. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we will we will see. Did you want to do a rating on this one? Yes, we're doing F five, correct? Yep. So I'm going to go ahead and give this one a higher rating, probably the highest of all the New Jedi Order I've done so far. I'm going to give this a 4.7. This is extremely good book for me. Uh, you get a lot out of such a short book. I think it's only around, uh, I want to say, 300 and some pages, 304 pages. So for how short this book is, there's a lot of good content, a lot of revelations, uh, Anakin's one of my favorite characters in the series, so it's really nice to have a story just centered around him. Tahiri's great as well, and yeah, it's it's cool to actually have a Yuzen Vong character that we actually care about as well. So I thought this was a great book. Yep, no doubt. Um, you know, because I have to be contrarian, I have to do a different. Oh, score. of course, we can't agree <sighs> with anything. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I four point. Seven five. You can just shut up. <laughs> That's what's going on. Just a little bit better. You can't do four point eight, can you? 
Nope. 4.75. You were going to totally do 4.7, expecting me to do like 4.5, weren't you? No, I, I was going to do 4.75 no matter what. <laughs> I so. don't believe you. Too bad it happened. So there you go. <laughs> that's what that's what it is. Is so, the price right? <laughs> yeah. A lot more to come, though. A lot more to come in the series. Um, again, there's there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot more. There's a lot more to come. So much more. We're not even halfway through. <laughs> God, no. There's just so much more stuff. So anyway, folks, hopefully you, you guys are enjoying these little little chats and so forth, little book things. Uh, I know we're going to be jumping into some more comics here uh, in the next, I don't know, next week-ish, uh, talking more High Republic, uh, so on and so forth. So it, it's... Um, we, we, we still have a lot of stuff to do. It's pretty wild. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but anyway, I guess anything else we need to chat about before we let everybody go? No, I think we're good to go. All right. Well, folks, hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. Please feel free to uh, get with us on the social media. We are, of course, on Facebook or at TC Plan Podcast on Twitter. If you'd like to discuss any topics or just have us answer any questions, you can send those over to tcplanpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but I think that's it for this week, so you all have a great rest of your week. And as always, may the Force be with you. <laughs>